ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Horrible Things Podcast. This is episode six of the Horrible Things Podcast, a podcast where we talk about horrible things and see how many times I can say horrible and podcast in one sentence. Today, I am joined by Noelle and a fan favorite, Caitlin. Yes. So Noelle is actually my sister. She has wanted to be on the podcast since episode one. But I was told I was going to be in episode three. It is now six. So <laughs> I just yeah, have well, to say I'm mad. I don't think Emma anticipated so many part twos. I know. To her I truly did not. I, I feel like people are going to be shocked when we release the first single part episode. They're going to be like, what's going on here? <laughs> but uh, just real quick before we start anything, do you guys want to plug your Instagrams? I've plugged mine. My- um, I follow my egg account keglin <laughs> i post photos of the eggs i eat and make keglin i thought it was c eglin no keglin like caitlin but keglin like egg everyone has said that wrong not everyone the true <laughs> not <fans>. caitlin <laughs> not me okay well mine is noelle.sexton perfect okay and also just before we start i have to tell this quick little 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 antidote um i think we can get right into the story (laughs) caitlin does not want me to tell this story but it's hilarious oh i wonder why it it shows what a sweet human being you are that sweet or dumb no not dumb sweet is what people call dumb dumb people (laughs) okay here's what happened so in i'm in a pop music program right and well i was in this program we call over your headphones cans i don't know if that's a weird thing but it's what what, over your headphones over ear headphones so like oh oh okay not earbuds but like ones that cover yours okay as implied by the name (laughs) over ear headphones (laughs) so um i told texted caitlin earlier and said hey bring some cans thinking that I was thinking of over-ear headphones. And I texted back. I said, <laughs> food cans? Like, food cans. But I was and, in the shower. And, I, and then I called her to make sure, and I did and not And for get- some reason, I didn't see my phone. So, Caitlin walks in holding a can of corn. <laughs> and not just, just regular corn sweet fancy corn yes and, and my she- best can of food i had i took the very best one i was like i take one i was thinking i was like this is either some weird segment of the podcast where it relates or like she's doing we're a- gonna pour corn on or, each other or she's doing like a what or she's doing like a food a food can drive and just wants more donations so I was like, okay, I'm a good <laughs> podcast guest, so I'll bring I make all my guests bring one food can with them. But the thing, I was really confused, so I had I had my doubts that that's what you wanted, but <laughs> so that's why I only brought one can. I was like, this is like good. Oh, yeah, because I said cans. <laughs> yeah, so I just brought one because I was unsure. That was my So you were either going to be wrong or kind of just like halfway, right? <laughs> Dude, I... I don't know. I guess that's 100% on me, though, because I don't know why I didn't just say over your headphones. You Like, I've no one says say cans. cans. I've never heard you say I swear cans. that's I've never a thing. heard the word cans be used when you're not talking about food. I don't know I why you would... Never heard the word cans so, used not talking about food. Moral of the story, or... When else do you use the word can? I don't know, like an <laughs> oil can? <laughs> oh, I guess. Well, so trash was I supposed can? to bring an oil can? Uh, I don't think you yeah, can buy. Why would you Actually, bring wait, oil or speaking trash? of oil, this case kind of has to do with oil. 
Not gonna lie. Oh. Oh. Uh. All old murders have an oil scandal. <laughs> Listen. I never want to talk about the story of me bringing can to the podcast. A uh, can of corn <laughs> to the podcast ever. <laughs> I think I'm going to now request I, that every single guest bring can, and we'll honestly just start donating cans, cans. to charity every single I episode. I fed your family for a night, and now you make fun of me. Yeah, we're all, we're, <laughs> we're all going to be chewing us that on sweet, that sweet, sweet corn. fancy corn tonight. Okay. I actually, we usually ask this to all of the new guests who come on the podcast, but Noelle, why don't you give us your, when did you become interested in true crime? Like how, where, how much do you know about it? Just kind of level with us where I, you're at. I know what you have told me. I know it's on your podcast and I know from my favorite murder. From movies, I've been interested in the psychological part of murderers and what's going on in their head but I wasn't really into like true true crime stories until you introduced me to my favorite murder and then after that you made your own podcast and so now I think that that has led me to where I am so I know some but not a ton I think I'm familiar with the idea cool okay so with that I say we get right into it sound good Oh, yeah. yes. Okay, so today we will be doing the Doheny family murders, uh, also sometimes known as the Greystone Mansion murders. Ooh, and these are 1920s murders. So this is an old one. There's nothing more 1920, 1920s, right? Nothing more 1920s, 1920s late 20s. That's something okay. called the Greystone Mansion murders. Yeah. Old sport. this episode got to end right now (laughs) and this is murders so he was found many he was found shot in the back of the head in a pool which is (gasps) that's a good story tell that one which is a great have you not read great gatsby (laughs) no i don't even know what it is i'm not kidding what you don't know what it I is. I don't know what it is. I know that it's a movie. Well, we just spoiled the end of Great Gatsby <laughs> for her. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. If you guys don't know, Noelle is at most, uh, I think, 10 years old, if she doesn't know what the Great Gatsby Great Gatsby is. So. I know that it's a movie, and I know that um, Leonardo, DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio is in it, and that is it. <sighs> and that is all. Did you read it like for class? I never read it at all. No, I read it before class. Um, right before class. I read it. <laughs> right before class, Emma with her book. And then I read it later in that year with my class. But I read it before because when we were in Seattle, I bought it at a bookstore. Only losers do that. Read a book they have to read for class before class. It's also just a classic. Loser. Didn't you just read Pride and Prejudice? No. Liar. Okay, I did continue <laughs> oh so the, the murders are educated uh, no <laughs> <laughs> okay so let me give you guys a little background actually on the house and a little bit on the family before we actually start this on the doheny family okay. so graystone mansion aka the doheny mansion is located in beverly hills california in a really really nice part of beverly hills we actually went there noelle and i yesterday morning and because now it's a national or not a national it's a like like basically a a preserved park by the city of beverly hills Mm -hmm. so anyone can go onto the property and walk around you can't go in the house except for special events but you can walk around the property and see everything and kind of look inside Mm -hmm. so we actually went yesterday and it is crazy 
Like, it's insane. Like the house is itself is humongous, but then the land around it, what is it, 18, 19 acres? Uh, 16. 16. Oh, okay. Well, it's 16 acres and it's huge. I don't, I don't know what you would. We were talking about, we would not know what to do with all that land because it's yeah, like, what do you do insane. when you have that much property? You would get lost. Yeah. I mean, I was lost. We were lost. We didn't know where we were going. And I mean, we were only in like a portion of it. Yeah. I think that we walked three miles and we mm-hmm. only looped the house like one yeah. and a half times. That's crazy. So this house was actually built in 1928 as a gift from the oil giant Edward Doheny to his son, Edward oh. Ned Doheny. Was he a giant? Well, like, he, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, he wasn't uh, giant per se, but he was uh, very <laughs> prominent in the oil industry. Emma, I want your next episode to be about the giant murders. <laughs> Has there ever been a humongous person who was murdered? That's our next story. Like, a tall man? <laughs> oh, what's his name? Um, a tall man. Today, we'll be covering the death of Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Hmm. Don't don't say that. Yeah. Knock okay. on wood. I love you, Shaquille. <laughs> I hope you live forever. What's the guy's name? Why can't I think of the guy's name in Harry Potter? Um, Hermione. Hagrid. <laughs> the guy's name. No, the giant. Ron. Hagrid. Hagrid. Doesn't he get murdered? No. You don't know anything. <laughs> so we should need to take another break. So okay, edit so we this definitely out. know that if we want pop culture references in our show, <laughs> Noel will not. Noel will not be invited as a guest. Yeah, definitely not. So this house is built in 1928 as a gift from uh, Edward Doheny to his son Edward Ned Doheny. From now on, whenever I'm referring to the younger Doheny, I'm going to say Ned. Ned. Whenever Ned's, I'm referring Ned's to the older sur- one, it'll be Edward. This Ned's going to need a survival guide. <laughs> <laughs> that's sadly ironic <laughs> ned's declassified murder survival guide <laughs> uh it didn't get bought because it uh didn't have very good advice clearly so this was a gift just a gift literally like for a christmas gift from he opened Father the son. thing and it was like a little keychain of his huge house uh no it was a forty-six thousand square foot mansion with 55 rooms and as we said earlier it sits on 16 acres of land it's huge so getting into the actual story of the doheny family and uh the tragedy that occurred later uh so edward doheny senior he was the son of irish immigrants who were not wealthy whatsoever when they came to the united states in 1892 he left his uh home with his family to go search for gold in california search for gold that's such a 1920s like i'm gonna search for gold eureka yeah uh, so while he was still yet to be this oil tycoon that we know about now in history, uh, he got married, and in his late 30s, he had marriage problems, and uh, he and his wife eventually divorced after his daughter died at a very young age from illness, which is obviously tragic. And in fall of 1893, uh, Edward Doheny found a large oil deposit, uh, which he bought the land that it was under in Los Angeles, and he was beginning to get extremely wealthy. So that's that same year, his wife, Carrie, um, so they're actually still married at this point. His wife, Carrie, who had given birth to his daughter that had passed away, gave birth to his son, Edward Doheny Jr., Ned. 
and he basically saw this as like a second chance to start his life over again this time he had more money and he had uh he had another kid basically to kind of start over with so the land that this was on that he found the oil is where the house is now no is it a separate uh, it's a separate it was a big oil deposit that he just happened to find okay imagine if it was still that easy to get rich in america like you just find oil in the ground buy if that you land. could still buy land in los angeles <laughs> if, yeah if there's oh like that must have been so e- like you just strike some oil and you're like i'm gonna buy this and now you're mil- like billionaire yeah because he was basically controlling all of the oil in california like he was That's dominating crazy. the oil markets in california and he made a bunch of money in mexico too where he drilled a bunch of oil wells that were producing a lot of oil and uh he had a lot of uh, ties with the Mexican government because of this oil trade and just this having so much money come out of this. Unfortunately, because he was spending so much of his time in Mexico, he was often living away from uh, Carrie and Ned, and they lived in San Francisco at the time. So in 1899, um, Edward Doheny divorces his wife and he remarries uh, Azelle Betzold, I believe is her name later that year and i read somewhere that they met because she was the operator on a telephone line and they fell in love over the phone how how do you even get over like to even start a conversation that would lead to a relationship it's that's gotta mean she like said something personal over it or he liked the sound of her voice because the conversation you have with like operators is very professional i don't know how you build any relationship from that i want yeah, to i don't hear understand that. that's that's the story i want to hear <laughs> the story i want to hear was were there phones in the 1920s i have my questions we all have our questions here and so unfortunately another tragedy came from this which is that his previous wife committed suicide via ingesting battery acid because of his remarriage and by this time in his life he's super super wealthy so part of me wonders if maybe it was because she couldn't really find a way to make money on her own at this point and raise a son or if it was just like because of his new marriage so she was taking care of the son this whole time because he was living in mexico her life definitely definitely got harder after it if you're living with this like millionaire billionaire and now you have and you have a son like life is pretty easy financially and and especially during the 20s that's like during the financial like a financial crisis yeah well the financial crisis came later in the 30s but it was definitely ramping up to that yeah at the point when he was i can just see how his remarriage would definitely lead to financial problems on her end yeah for sure but for ned doheny he since he was so young when his mother committed suicide he became really close with his stepmother and he basically had a really cushy life. He went to Catholic schools his entire life, and eventually he graduated from USC. Uh, he also met his future wife, Lucy Smith, uh, around time, the time of his college, as well as the man who would grow to become, quote, like a brother to him, Hugh Plunkett. I, <laughs> that name. Huge Plunkett. <laughs> Another huge man. I just, oh my gosh. it's the most 20s sounding name I could Hugh ever imagine. Plunkett. It's kind of weird, though, that he went to USC. That makes it kind of local and very real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't imagine people going to USC in the 20s. Like, that's crazy. That's it's insane. an old school. Yeah. And it's also kind of crazy. Like, when we were walking around his house, or what would become at this point in the story, his house, part of me is just like, it's weird to think that not so long ago, like, 
less than a hundred years ago some a family was walking around here and like living here and had this was like their home and it's just strange to think about sometimes i think when it's that close to yeah, you definitely so um hugh plunkett and uh ned doheny had both served in the war and when they came back from serving in the war uh hugh was hired on as uh ned's personal secretary and they would travel together and go to business meetings together um, as Ned was kind of being groomed to take over his father's oil empire one day. So Ned and Lucy Doheny were basically, at this time, the Kardashians of the 1920s. That's a good way to put it. That's, that's the best way I can think to put it because they were constantly in the newspapers. They were constantly being uh, photographed and like followed basically because of their extravagant lifestyle. Even... I read this article that talked about how um, Ned had bought Lucy a car and it was such a nice car that it literally was like in the newspapers just because of like how lavish their lifestyle was. People were fascinated by them and just wanted to watch everything they were doing. And they're living in Los Angeles this time. So they're at this time. So they are literally the Kardashians of the 1920s. And unfortunately, though, this kind of era of goodness couldn't last forever for the Doheny family. Because in November of 1921, so Ned Doheny and Hugh Plunkett were together when Ned withdrew $100,000, which is over $2 million in today's cash, uh, out of his bank account. And he gave it to the Secretary of the Interior at the time, Albert Fall. So this What's the Secretary of the Interior? It's basically one of the president's cabinet members. So it's super high up, you know, in the government. Uh, after a month, Edward Doheny replaced the money in their account, and the whole Doheny family was awarded a contract by Albert Fall for the Elks Hill Naval Petroleum Reserve in Kern County, California. So basically, th- he gives him a like a a loan, which is what they said in court, of a hundred thousand uh, dollars, and then. Uh, just a little bit later they get awarded this huge oil contract that would give the family millions of dollars basically of work okay so fishy's going on yeah so this became known as the teapot dome scandal and actually uh people talk about in articles how before watergate this is one of the biggest political scandals ever directly involving the doheny family so they said they were just giving fall a small loan to an old friend you know But a lot of people in the government and people outside saw this as bribery since Albert Fall had basically given the contract to this land to a private company and there was hardly any competitive bidding. They really didn't have to bid for it hardly at all to Uh get this super, super great oil field. It's really interesting to see, I know we'll get to it, but murders and true crime, like cases that involve such a prom, like a family or a figure that used to be so prominent, you know? That's imagine like if Kim Kardashian was murdered, you know, how huge huge. that would be. Yeah. So it's like that's you can imagine what this is building up to. Yeah. When I was in the library, actually, I um, our library has this really cool section on the third floor where you can actually go up and see like old records and old newspapers. So I found the New York Times 1929 index for everything they published that year basically everything that was brought up in the newspaper and if you look under d you'll find doheny and two things that are mentioned that were mentioned and published in the new york times in 1929 are this murder and stuff about the teapot dome scandal like many times it was a big deal you know 
So, both Fall and uh, Doheny Sr. were arrested and put on trial for giving and accepting bribes. And Ned Doheny and Hugh Plunkett were both called to testify in the trial. And while this trial is going on, is actually when Edward Doheny decides to construct the Greystone Mansion, which at the time was the largest and most expensive home ever built in California, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, so basically they really, even before the murders... They left their mark, basically, on Hollywood history. Like, they were famous. Yeah, for sure. In every way. Not only for being one of the most um, wealthy families, but also with the scandal and then their home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And another thing I was just thinking, like, something in my notes when, when I was reading about this case is, like, you know that you're rich and you know your house is fancy when it has a name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The like, Greystone Mansion. Everyone knows that name. Yeah. If it's just, like, oh, that mansion up there in Beverly Hills, it's you could pick a lineup that is all huge mansions in beverly hills but the graystone mansion no one forgets yeah it's like i don't have a name for, yeah we don't have a name for our house the, the sexton uh, home <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta like and it doesn't even have their name in yeah, it. it's, it's just like, like a, a fancy house. it's just i mean i guess one of the names is the doheny mansion the, but graystone mansion has such a like uh, this house is a thing on its own without your family here the white wall house <laughs> that, that involved the sexton scandal yes the sexton scandal uh it, it will happen in four episodes on this podcast actually so um hugh plunkett who we we're talking about who actually we said was going to testify in this trial he oversaw the building of greystone mansion directly he's very very involved in the creation of this mansion and in 1928 when the house was almost completed Many people close to Hugh Plunkett and people working with him on Greystone Mansion were saying that things were kind of off with Hugh Plunkett, that he was actually starting to develop a nervous disorder and he was just not acting like himself. And nervous disorder, I assume, is basically what they just said for people who were experiencing mental health issues back in the day because Hugh Plunkett was hugely overworked. I mean, you have to think this scandal, like he's being involved in a federal trial basically where that's super important and he's overseeing the construction of this huge house for, for someone that's like a brother to him but I guess he's doing all the work at this point and still being involved in the trial because Ned Doheny wasn't around basically at all during the construction of Greystone Mansion because he's constantly in DC with his father trying to help with the trial. Many people blamed um, Hugh Plunkett's stress on the trial and the fact that he was ending an 11-year marriage to his wife and he had become addicted to sleeping pills at the time. That's a lot. That would yeah. probably do it. Not to, not having the easiest life here, which is kind of a bummer because he... This is something that kind of comes up a lot during this case, too. He's not been a bad person and he never, like, had it out for Ned Doheny or any of them. It's like he was bring, a close family friend. Why do you bring that up, Emma? Is, oh, I don't know. I just Hugh, have sympathy for Hugh Plunkett. Is Hugh having <laughs> taking on a bigger role in this story later? No, on? this is the. I just brought that up for funsies. He's not in the rest of this at all. The last we hear of Hugh Plunkett, you just wanted to bring up. I just wanted to say his name a few more times. Okay, because I was worried for a second that yeah. you oh, spoiled. Wow. No, no, I would never. Oh gosh, no. Uh, let's get back to this though. Uh, so, despite all of this trouble with Hugh Plunkett. 
<laughs> the house got finished. And in November of 1928, uh, the Doheny family uh, moved into the mansion. And they there's a lot of stuff talking about how they celebrated their first Christmas there. And they had like a 30-foot tall Christmas tree that went into the mansion. You know, just in case you didn't weren't sure that they were rich, they had to have that um, that giant tree going through the house. So around this time in November of 1928, Plunkett gets placed under the care of the family doctor as he basically is seen as unfit to work because of how bad his nervous disorder is getting. And the Doheny family themselves even said he should consider going to uh, basically live in a home where he could get help for this disorder because things were getting so bad. Uh, And while they were telling him this, was actually February 16th, 1929, is when they have this conversation with him. And it's in the afternoon. And he starts to get really upset by this just because it's the people that he has done everything for, basically telling him that he needs to go away now because mm-hmm. of how much they can see that he's struggling. So it's honestly just a really bad situation in general. Um so this is you have to think this is almost uh a year or this is not almost a year later this is a few months later after he gets placed under the care of the family doctor and the night of february 16th 1929 uh hugh plunkett basically calls the Doheny's and says that he needs to visit the mansion and they told they tell him that he probably shouldn't and he should probably stay with the doctor and just kind of sleep the night off and then they could talk the next day but since he was the one who had basically constructed the house, I mean, with the help of a few architects, he had a guest key. And so he went into the guest bedroom basically just to stay the night. And later that night, Ned Doheny found him and they sat down and uh, they were just kind of having a drink and smoking. And uh, that's when things basically turn ugly. So the official story says that Ned Doheny wanted to speak with Hugh Plunkett about his issues and help a friend in need. And the official story says that in the midst of a nervous breakdown, Hugh Plunkett grabbed one of Doheny's guns, shot him in the head in the guest bedroom, then grabbed the gun and shot himself in the head. And one of the first people actually to see the scene was his dad, Edward Doheny. And here's a quote uh, from a newspaper at the time. So they said that Edward Doheny said, quote, no, I must see Ned. He said with a bowed head as he walked down the hall that leads from the front entrance to the chamber where his son's body lay. Yes, it is Ned after all. I had hoped against hope there was some mistake. He staggered slightly and then with a slow tread passed close to the head of his son's murderer who lay in the hall close to the door of the chamber and walked into the room. He gazed at his son's body for a moment then knelt beside it. He shook with emotion as he reached down and took young Doheny's right hand. Ned, my Ned, he sobbed as he was half carried from the room, which is horrible. That's heavy. It's especially hard listening to murders where a family member sees the body. Especially because he had already had a child die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where did he get this gun? He just, he had, he had the gun. The gun, I guess, was in the room um, because he w- he didn't come in with the gun. It was Ned Doheny's gun. So Lucy uh, Doheny and the family continued to live there for a while, but they didn't leave- live there forever because after she remarried, they sold the house uh, and eventually it was bought by Beverly Hills. 
and now it is a park that anyone can go to and both men um hugh plunkett and ned doheny were buried a hundred feet away from each other at forest lawn cemetery in california Mm. so what are you guys' thoughts on the case thus far i would i it's hard like because obviously this isn't your average true crime case where someone was psychotic or well someone was really out to get someone you know no as you were like you were saying before and kind of foreshadowing he's not like ted bundy or ed kemper things people who are inherently evil who are going out to be evil and kind of satisfy their evil desires this just sounds like a guy who had a breakdown and ended up killing himself and a fr- like one of his best friends that he's had for a long time which makes it yeah. really difficult to kind of you know yeah it's it's hard to say like he's the bad guy you know yeah for sure and noel what are you thinking i don't know it's just it's hard to think about because also how he called them and asked to talk to them earlier on in the day it's just i mean it's hard to think about that they could have if he'd come over earlier what would have happened would it never have happened or would they all have just talked and worked it out they did talk earlier in the day but didn't they say he couldn't come over or he did and he stayed he did but he wasn't supposed to because they'd already talked to him earlier that day but he was only with ned at that point he wasn't with the rest of the family he was with uh lucy and ned but then when he got killed who he was just with ned because they saw oh, each other okay, twice okay. that day. Yeah. But, okay, now that I, you guys have ba- the basic story of what happened. Oh, no. What I want to kind of go over the fact that there are actually a lot of really strange things with this case that make people think that the official story isn't actually what happened. That there are some <laughs> other theories of things that could have happened you just played us right now i I really just played us gave her uh, give your opinions the second you were just like the second she was like so what are your thoughts thus far (laughs) like hmm this doesn't sound like the end of a podcast to me no it is not because here okay i'm gonna tell you some weird things that were detailed in the case of Things that happen that kind of don't add up with the official story that Hugh Plunkett shot Doheny in the head and then shot himself in the head. One. One of them was a giant. How were they killed? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. First of all, both men were shot with Ned Doheny's gun. So clearly, Hugh Plunkett, if he was going there uh, with intent to commit murder, why didn't he bring his own gun, you know? Which do they do they know he had a gun? They know that he had he shot um Ned and himself with Ned's gun. Do they know that he originally had a gun though? Like his He own? didn't have a gun when he came in. That's what I'm saying. But but did he like own Did he one? have a gun that he could have brought? I yes, I believe so. And hmm. like did the original story say that, that he, he came with the intent of murder? Yeah, because No, didn't it didn't, but to... it just is another like piece of the thing that makes people believe that he might not have been the one who shot okay. Ned, and he may not have even been the one who shot himself. Okay. So, another really strange thing is that they found that Ned Doheny was shot at close range, basically point blank, whereas Hugh Plunkett was shot from far away. 
Okay, well, so he so, so how did he kill himself? So it's fake. It's from a lot. Okay, myth busted. We've I'm sorry. That's this case fake. open, ladies and, and gentlemen. <laughs> if Ned Doheny saw Hugh pull a gun because they were sitting and talking, how would how would why he did he get shot point blank in the head when he could have <gasps> probably could have run? Three teenage girls just cracked this 1920s case wide open. <laughs> what now, FBI? It's weird though, right? Like if. If the story is that Hugh Plunkett shot Ned and then shot himself, why was his bullet hole look as if it's from farther away than well, Ned's was? That makes at that point that I feel like if that's confirmed at this yeah, point, how there's is basically that not... no other. It's very strange. Listen Another to this. strange thing: if huge was if Hugh was huge, a huge. huge. They're both giants. <laughs> if Hugh was huge. His gigantic arm would be able to hit close range <laughs> at Ned. And then when he shot himself, his arm would be so long, it would be far it away. It could stretch away. But that's, so my but theory is we just cracked that, the case. Is that Hugh was a giant and no one told anyone. That That's the secret. And they but then why away. did he kill Ned Doheny? He was going to reveal that he giant? was a giant. Because <laughs> he's a giant. Caitlin, gonna, that's racist. He was, was going to tell the world that he was a giant. Exactly. So they sent him away they couldn't and have then he that. snuck out. He was only there to construct homes think, Yeah, for how them. do you think he constructed that home so fast? <laughs> he was huge. He, he carried entire parts exactly. of the house by himself. <laughs> And that's where they had to build it in the hills so no one could tell. <laughs> he was 11 feet tall. Oh my, I thought you were thinking like, he's like 50 feet tall, 50 feet wide. No, he's a realistic giant. <laughs> yeah, because I just, Come on, my Emma, own we're theory Emma. fell apart. How did he fit in the guest bedroom? <laughs> Emma, we're being serious right now. Can you stop? Yeah, we're I'm so serious. sorry. Uh, okay, now getting back to the strange things about this case. The gun, the murder weapon, was found underneath Hugh Plunkett's body. Like, under what? his back. What do you so, th- I guess that could have happened if he dropped the gun and then fell on top of it. But it's unlikely because he shot himself in the head. I think it's strange no matter what. Like, in what case would you ever fall back on a gun? Which is strange in general. Like, if someone else even shot you, why would they lift up your dead body and place the gun yeah. underneath? Do you know what I'm saying? And a cigarette was found in Hugh's hand after he was dead. Which, it in doesn't the same seem... that he... No. But it's, it's like, still the strange thing of, like, th- the fact that he had a cigarette and he was smoking a cigarette doesn't seem like... Because people were saying that Ned Doheny and Hugh Plunkett were sitting smoking and drinking before they, um, mm-hmm. before the murder happened. But it doesn't seem like Hugh would just be like casually smoking, pull out a gun, shoot him, and then shoot himself. Like, it's just strange that yeah. that. I don't know. That seems like a very 1920s, like. <laughs> and it was in like black he, and white. He's smoking and he's like, you know, you've always been like, always been like a brother to me. <laughs> Um, I, I just but don't. I can't have you I don't reveal my think that's. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls out a gun, shoots him, and, and then listen, smokes Ned's another dead. Siggy, and he takes his last. Siggy, he takes his last. <laughs> smoke. I don't. He takes his last smoke and goes. Wait, what's that? Wait, hold on. He takes Sayonara, his last sucker. He takes his last smoke and he says, "Good sport, old sport, old sport." Oh my god, old sport. That you wouldn't get that reference, Noel, and nope. shoots himself. Come on, are you telling me that's not in 1920s? If I was having a mental okay, break- well, explain this to me, Caitlin. The attorney for the family, for the Doheny family, was a who midget. was in this case. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, and also, <laughs> he lied several times during the course of when they were investigating this um, this murder. And he failed to mention at first that Ned had actually been alive when the family doctor burst onto the scene. But what Barely about the alive. from the dad? <gasps> Barely alive. But he was still alive but and he the, failed to mention this so, the doctor the, came in before the dad did oh but i'm still saying it's weird that this family doctor for the dohenies he was barely alive and why wouldn't they say that when the doctor arrived he, he was still alive he wasn't quite gotta, dead yet they gotta add the drama they gotta it's, make you the bad guy it's very strange to me that like why wouldn't you say oh yeah um ned was still barely alive but still breathing when we actually had a doctor walk into the scene why would you fail to mention that why would you lie it's just very strange especially because it was the doheny family attorney who was lying Hmm. so i was thinking after naming off all those strange things oh and one more thing i forgot to mention um Ned Doheny was not buried in a Catholic cemetery, even though the rest of his family was buried in a Catholic cemetery. And uh, that is very strange considering he he went to Catholic Catholic schools his entire life and was a very devoted Catholic. But the rest of his family was buried in a Catholic cemetery and he was not. Wait, do you think that has just has to do with anything with the fact that he was murdered? Or do you think that was like something about what he did? Well, that, let's get into some of the theories. Wow. Let's get into this some of the theories. This is feeling very much like BuzzFeed Unsolved right now. Well, it wasn't meant to, but this case is just so crazy that yeah. it's like you kind of have to talk about oh, some of course. theories. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm excited for So this. I'm going to give you guys a few, and then I want your opinions on these theories, okay? So one of the opinions, or one of the theories, sorry, is that Ned committed suicide and the family killed Hugh in order to cover up the fact that he had committed suicide. Because if you commit suicide in uh, the Catholic religion, that's considered a sin, which would explain why he wasn't buried in a Catholic cemetery and would also explain how Ned was shot at point rate point blank range but hugh was killed from a distance but how would but why so was, what why and then would, it was staged why would huge be huge <laughs> why, why would hugh be there though and why would they have why just, would ned commit suicide did he have some issues that he was- well you have to think what's going on in his life right now he is being uh he's heavily involved in this scandal that's bringing down his entire family business and causing a lot of stress on his father and who could potentially go to jail and it's all being covered by the news, too. So he's probably getting yeah. a lot of attention. Yeah, exactly. So some people think that it's possible that the that Ned killed himself and then the family lured Hugh there. And because he they knew that he had a nervous disorder, that they killed him in order to cover up the fact that publicly cover up the fact that Ned had committed suicide. I don't I don't know if I fully believe in that theory just because it seems kind of strange how would they would how they would orchestrate that you know like wouldn't they tell that the bodies died at different times or like how he would what he was just smoking a cigarette or that's what i was gonna say like my idea of it was like they had seen each other earlier that day so maybe ned somehow knew that he would need to be able to cover maybe like maybe what i'm thinking is that ned killed hugh first and then killed himself and hit the family somehow staged it to make it look like hugh was the one who was guilty but they also might not have had time because if Ned was still partially alive. But think of the people who were first on the scene. It was the family doctor and the dad. 
it was all people inside the Doheny family. Oh, wait, yeah. I don't know if the... Noel brought up a good point that he was still barely alive when the doctor first came. So I don't think he would have killed himself, like, first. And then they staged this whole thing with Hugh. Like, they wouldn't have time because Ned was still alive. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is very true. But um, another one of the theories is that Ned... Uh, Ned Doheny and Hugh were both killed by an outsider that at the time they're both testifying in the teapot dome scandal trial so some people mm. think that there's a possibility that they basically that Ed Doheny and Hugh Plunkett had been directly involved and basically knew that his father was guilty of this type of bribery basically so they think that it may have been possible that Ned Doheny and Hugh Plunkett were planning to come forward and testify against the father in the trial. There's no, like, evidence for that, but some a conspiracy is that they were actually plotting to come forward and kind of tell the truth in this trial. And so, therefore, the Dohenys, who didn't want to be thrown in jail or have this huge money-making thing taken away from them, uh, killed both of them and set it up to look like a murder-suicide. Imagine giving your son a mansion and he plans to out yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I guess that theory you. also, the th- problem I have with that theory is that it relies on the idea that Ned Doheny had some like conscious, uh, like morals of gold or something like that, that he would like t- give up his own father in order to be moral. Yeah. And I, I don't, I just don't, I don't know. There's something about it that just seems kind of off, you know, the, mm-hmm how the family would kill Ned and I don't know there's just something wrong with at least how like what from what I've heard so far there I just don't buy that the dad would have plotted to kill his own son I think it could be possible though I think it makes just as much sense as the as what they think actually happened because it would make sense if they if they were both shot from different ranges but it was by one person and it would make sense why they why he had a cigarette. The biggest problem with that is how did the gun get under his back? That maybe uh, the person, what I was thinking is, maybe the person shot him, dropped the gun, and then when he, and then fell, he fell backwards, it was on top of the gun. Mm-hmm. That feels very fast, though, you know? Like, shoot, throw it under him, and then... Well, I was... I guess it, it would have been kind of fast that is true because it would have to be like you shoot you throw the gun and it, he just happens to land on top of I it i think if anything they would lift the body have to lift the body in place and the other thing about this is that it would probably mean that his wife would have had to be in on it too because it was in the house which yeah. i kind of don't buy that mm-hmm. but um yeah. another theory is that uh Ned killed Hugh and shot himself to protect his father in the trial if Hugh Plunkett was developing a nervous disorder because he was thinking of coming forward alone and testifying against uh, Edward Doheny Sr. in the trial and Ned uh, had to kill him and himself to cover it up the only thing that doesn't make That's, sense there he might have killed himself because otherwise it would be obvious that he was the one who killed Hugh. Oh, well, the thing with there is the issue... Okay. And also, it might have helped his father if it's like, are you really going to put me in jail? My son just died. Mm, I, But I don't know if he would kill himself just for that. Maybe they would yeah. use that in court, you know? Like, yeah. Killing yourself, 
just for that, if you plans on coming out, I don't know if killing yourself is. I don't like, and that also I guess doesn't explain why he wasn't buried in a Catholic cemetery. Like for me, the mm-hmm. idea that Ned committed suicide and the family killed Hugh to cover it up seems more probable to me than anything else because that would also explain why he wasn't buried in a Catholic cemetery. Oh yeah, that- but wait. Mm-hmm another it's this is what i feel like could be the most um probable is this theory. i feel like theory? i know what you might no. say the oh, one theory I is that i know it they were lovers that's oh what i thought my, you were gonna oh say because hugh was ned's personal secretary they would often be traveling together they were uh he- super close like way closer than he was with any Bruh. of his other servants for a long time it would explain why he wasn't buried in a catholic cemetery if the family knew about mm-hmm. it and this? the theory could be that either he was getting blackmailed because of that or that they were both killed by an outsider because they people knew that uh the family didn't want to experience mm-hmm. shame and that makes if sense. it came out that they were together and the catholic bear like why he wasn't buried in the catholic yeah <laughs> oh God, i know this got is so big. i know this is released in july but happy pride month motherfuckers like oh my <laughs> god that's amazing that's, but that's like, what did i did not like, expect that to take a gay turn did not expect that <laughs> i guess i just feel like that could be the most probable because it, mm-hmm. it's a double-edged sword with the fact that it would damage it, it's the 19 it's 1929 it mm-hmm. would severely damage the family's reputation if it came out that ned doheny was yeah. gay yeah and it makes sense that hugh plunkett if he was part of the reason he might have developed like this nervous disorder might have been maybe he was being blackmailed or maybe yeah. he was getting threats or things about that because someone figured it out or the fact that he has to sit he has to build a home for his lover and his wife every single day yeah exactly because he has a wife so oh i am i'm on this would be a great what if it came out like what really happened they were just not gay at all and all of us are just like they're gay (laughs) they are homosexual we found it we cracked the case and if they were gay then i guess uh it's also like kind of interesting that they were buried a hundred feet apart from each other which is a little bit like Uh sweet well i thought of another i thought that was strange here's the thing though if they were being buried and they didn't approve of the relationship they would have buried them further is what i'm thinking i don't i guess but maybe they knew and they were like well they're dead we killed them feeling a little bad or just the fact that like they were both kind of dishonored Uh by their catholic family by being buried at forest lawn you know what, or maybe just, they were just besties and they were like yeah that's, true. <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's it in my be. mind it's one of those two theories either they I were together and they were killed to cover that up uh in the midst of this huge trial and family mm-hmm. event or ned committed suicide and they killed hugh to make it look like a murder suicide. i love how we just kind of take the idea that they were close and we're just like lovers but <laughs> I, I will say this i yeah, not no, this is a, a this actually a popular the theory i will say this though that is my favorite theory yeah and um it's the most interesting theory and no matter what the evidence may say if there's anything against it i'm just gonna say it's the most probable in my opinion because i want it to be true yeah. I, hope they, I hope they're lovers not true like i wish they died but like not because of that no because i just i like i like the idea that you know they were gay lovers like no that's just kind of cool <laughs> yeah i'm just not sure i definitely think though that it is between those two theories and if you think about there mm-hmm. yeah not just with the trial they were oh, what we've been building up to this whole time was they were huge public figures yeah like something something like that coming out would be huge in the no 19, pun intended. huge in the 1920s <laughs> huge 
coming giant giant in the 1920s but yeah Mm. it's like uh it would be like more probable i think that i i guess i just don't know about that the only problem i see with that theory okay is that why would they come out unless it was literally that the family found out and was so upset that they killed ned i don't think the issue was ever they were coming out it's just the idea of it you know like if they're caught or if like just them being gay yeah like i don't think a catholic family would hold that secret for them you know yeah that's what they wouldn't my theory is that maybe they were lovers and the wife found out and she killed them both because she was that so would make angry. sense of why she was in the house exactly and, and why she remembered they were together they were all together but then she left she left and it was just them too well that so was maybe those she, are two separate times <laughs> noelle thought she had something <laughs> well but still maybe it was the wife I and just, she killed them both because she was so angry i hmm, i don't it's just i think my biggest issue with this theory not that like i think there's any huge like something that doesn't make sense it's just i it's a little bit of an ins- assumption just saying like oh it's, it's not a, it's, it's definitely a big assumption definitely all, it's a big jump from saying like these are definitely all assumptions but it's a really big jump from connecting the case to the murder or saying like or changing the story from like um Hugh didn't kill them. Ned did. It's a very big jump from like all of that to just say like it's because they were gay because no, nothing really built up to that. Yeah, but very I, true. But the thing is, is that it would make sense, and you know, in the, and maybe like, in that's the end, like completely wrong. And there was absolutely nothing between them. They were like brothers, and it was just like, and maybe Hugh did kill Ned and then kill himself. But it's just a very weird case especially yeah the thing that always sticks out to me is that he wasn't buried at a catholic cemetery which just seems weird to me and in the yeah and in the end like even though it's a big jump you just got to think about it like this is a case that we they both died we don't know what really happened sorry considering all the strange stuff that we were talking about so i think at this point anything is really possible yeah so another interesting thing I kind of wanted to bring up while we were talking about this case is that when Noelle and I went to Greystone Mansion, there was a pride flag <laughs> flying over the mansion, and a giant was holding it. <laughs> but um, they were giant gay lovers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when we went to Greystone Mansion, there's this big sign outside of Greystone Mansion which says, "Here are the friends of Greystone," and it's basically oh, right. just people who've given a lot of money to it. And I took some pictures, but I'll I'll post them on the Instagram. Follow it at Horrible Things Podcast. But um, it's really interesting because there's these plaques that say the names of the people who've donated like a lot of money, and a couple of the people who donated like uh fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars were Doheny's. That there's still like Doheny's living oh. in Beverly Hills who are still super wealthy that still contribute to Grayson Mansion and like the roads all around that area are like Doheny Road, Doheny Lane. But wasn't Ned the only child? Uh no, because he had children. And the oh, name he did? Okay. the name has carried on they're still Doheny's. Like I'm pretty sure they're still Doheny's today. That's cool. But it's pretty interesting if you ever go around that area, you'll see it and it's even uh, a little bit sad when you realize the history behind the name and honestly we'll probably (laughs) never actually find out what happened in graystone mansion that night it's an old case yeah but the mystery is perfectly preserved in the mysterious and tragic graystone mansion which still stands today 
And that is the case of the murder-suicide of uh, Ned Doheny and Hugh Plunkett in Greystone Mansion. There's something a little unsettling about um, these older murders where if there's strange things with it or something's not completely solved, that usually nothing else will come out. So it's kind of left there, you know? Yeah. Like, there's nothing else more to... No more evidence. We figured it all out. Now it's just theories. And that's what's so unsettling about it because we can't go back in time, you know? For sure. That's what's different about newer murders because new things always come out, you know, with murders even from like the 1950s where new information comes out and uh you know more evidence but with something so old and mysterious like that especially because it. the two people that witnessed it both got killed so it's yeah, like the two yeah. people involved so pretty crazy i, I just, just don't understand how the gun was under him i can't that's, that's the part that's the, the only that's the yeah even no matter what like it doesn't I know, make sense i just want to know what like why so there, there are only two possibilities. He killed himself or someone else killed him, right? Either way, yeah. why put the gun under him? Or why did he yeah. put, throw the gun under him? Well, that's him? what I'm saying. It feels like it would have been an accident. There's just something... Mm-hmm. It's just something weird. Like, why? And the part of me, like, that is... Uh, that believes the worst in people and kind of feels like... The, when I was reading the theory about maybe they both got killed because they were planning to testify something in the trial. Part of me uh, who <laughs> assumes the worst in people thinking about that quote from Edward Doheny was like, what if he's checking to make sure that the job got done when he was walking through? <sighs> yeah, that's kind of dark, but uh, that's what this podcast is about. These are some horrible things. Clearly, uh, double we just make it a murder more, suicide is more and more horrible as we yeah. go. So from that rather interesting note we are going to transition into my favorite segment on the show happy things but i need a little theme song for that I think so segment too. yeah i definitely do like a happy because we're just all shaking our hands <laughs> yeah. See that. yeah we're all doing jazz hands if you guys can see noelle just slid onto the ground <laughs> she is currently uh waving all her limbs in the air and um yeah being definitely very she's doing the worm right now <laughs> yeah or she's having a seizure one of the two uh so caitlin you want to go ahead and start off this happy things so i was just recently on the podcast for the last episode so not much has happened since then but so as you know i'm going to college soon and i found my roommate that i'm gonna have in college and i just found out that she's gonna be staying with my family for a little bit in july because she's gonna be here for a college orientation thing and i'm super excited for that and we also just recently sent her a bunch of merch from the college I'm going to as like a little like welcoming gift and stuff. So we've been talking about dorm shopping and stuff when she gets down here. So she's from Wisconsin. So I'm really excited. She's going to bring me cheese. It's going to be a great time. So Heck yeah. And she's lactose intolerant, right? <laughs> yes, she is. I am lactose intolerant. We're both lactose intolerant and we're both going to eat lots of cheese when she gets here. Honestly, that's fantastic that's fantastic but she's gonna be disappointed by california cheese i yeah that's why i'm having her she's my little like she's 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 importing cheese and you're exporting merch yeah she's gonna be bringing cheese to me so i i understand the quality of californian cheese and that is why i'm having her bring down cheese for me that makes sense uh noelle 
what are your happy things from this past week other than getting to live with me every single day that's clearly just the joy just of my joy. life <laughs> i don't know i was gonna say something and then I, well you got out of school oh, yeah okay so my happy thing i got out of school last last week and i slept for 12 hours last night that's pretty amazing i don't think i've ever slept for 12 hours like actually i was not supposed to sleep for 12 hours <laughs> yeah you were supposed to i uh, was supposed to be at a, a prep class it was a very nice sleep okay, emma on to you <laughs> on to me nothing to add at all <laughs> it was a good sleep was, no further i comments. wasn't awake i don't remember <laughs> it was good though <laughs> oh my, my happy thing is that um today my little brother and i went to the beach and we went boogie boarding and um it was just really fun honestly and i think yeah, it was that was so much fun <laughs> i loved being you were there. at school i, I know you. and then also <laughs> yesterday um harley and i like went to the library and uh we kind of worked on we're about to start a dungeons and dragons campaign amazing with some of our friends from marina so we like worked on stuff for that and uh so i came up are, with my character and stuff and both just exciting no, he's DMing, but I and was And so you're out. flirting with the DMs so you can get answers. Um, or get um, clues to what's going to happen. Even I'll do you one better. I'm dating the DM. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was that really fun. That is the fun. nerdiest sentence. Yeah, honestly, what, that, is, that a, is that a flex? Or is that kind of a... Um, uh, but yeah, anyway, that's my happy thing because I'm excited to play D and D with my friends, and also I was really happy to go to the beach today because um, I'm very white and need to get tan. <laughs> I forgot boogie boarding existed. It's so fun, but for those who can't wasn't surf, wasn't it cold? No, it was really warm. So that is our little segment of happy things, and that will conclude our episode about the Greystone Mansion murders or the Doheny family murders. Woo! The Woo. gay giant murders. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so, so much for listening to this podcast. We are now actually on a new platform called Stitcher, as well as um, all of the other platforms you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean. So uh, make sure to share this podcast with all your friends. Seriously, this podcast is spread by word of mouth. So if you do tell anyone, tell your grandpa, tell your mom, tell, if, your, tell doctor, your best friend, tell your optometrist, tell your <laughs> contractor, tell your secretary. Tell them about this podcast. Uh, show your friends. And if you post it on your story and tag at Horrible Things Podcast, we'll repost. I'll repost you or something <laughs> like that. But uh, just make sure to spread this podcast with your friends. Please give us a rate and review on iTunes. I'm not exactly sure how it helps but i know for a fact that it does because all the popular <laughs> podcasts have like 80 million reviews so go ahead and leave a review on itunes if you can but above all thank you guys so much for listening it seriously gives me and the rest of us the motivation to continue with this podcast just knowing that people are listening and enjoying it so thank you so much for that and also of course remember read the great gatsby or emma and caitlin will judge you usc makes you gay and above all don't do horrible things. Woo! Woo! That was Sound. so peaky. Ready, guys? And the music is going to come in now. Doodaloo.